0: Hey everyone, I'm Gracie, and welcome to Grace of a Military Child podcast. The world should know how unique military children are. We may look like normal children on the outside, but we go through some pretty extraordinary circumstances that shape us to the leaders we are today. That is the sole purpose of this podcast, to share our stories to the world. Hi, Ryan. Welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. How about you? I'm doing good. So tell me a little bit about who served in the military, for how long, things like that. Well, my dad
1: served in the military, and I think he did roughly 14 years, I believe. Yeah. Because, yeah, he was going to do like 15 or so, but something happened, so...
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we um spoke to Darren on the podcast who's your older sister. Uh, we heard a little bit about the story, but it'll be nice to get your point of view and what you remember about, you know, your dad's service and what you remember as a military child in general. So tell me about um any specific experiences you remember growing up as a military child.
1: Well, The main things I probably remember is helping him uh, with, like, physical therapy and, like, just walking around and just, like, doing all the chores and stuff in the house. So, like, um, whenever we were younger and we lived in D.C. or around Maryland... Uh, we used to play games with him for physical therapy. So it was always kind of fun on our side because, you know, it was like little games that we'd have to play with him. And I just remember that being like, I feel like everything that fun. That's the most most stuff you remember. So that's my part.
0: (laughs) Yes, for sure. So my memories from Texas, you know, there are tons of bad ones and I can go back and if you re- if really think about it, I can remember some bad memories, but the first things that come to my head in Tex- when I think about Texas are the good memories and those fun experiences that we had and all of those kinds of things. Do you remember the day your mom got the phone call that your dad got hurt?
1: I remember very little of it because I just remember being in our Clarksville house and I can't remember if my grandma was there, but I feel like she was. I just remember she was there a lot with us. And I just remember that she was crying a lot. And, you know, I had no idea what was going on because I was five. So I had literally no idea what was going on because, you know, you never really see your parents cry. So it's very weird. You don't know how to react to that. And that's basically what I remember from that part. Nothing really more.
0: Yeah. So seeing your mom crying and seeing her, you know, pretty much upset. Did you feel upset after that or were you kind of just confused of, to why she was crying? Yeah, I
1: was mainly confused because, you know, since you never see your parents cry that much, it's very confusing to me. And I didn't know how to help her because I was literally five. So there was no I, I had no idea what to do at that point.
0: Yeah, for sure, and like even Darren saying, like you guys were on your way to dance. Did you have dance that night as well? Oh yeah, I
1: totally forgot about that. Um, we were, we were on our way to dance, and I believe we uh, still went that night. And um, she got the phone call. And we were on our way to dance, and then I think we just finished out dance. And I can't remember if my mom took me home or someone took me home or. If it was one of our dance teachers that was babysitting us after, but I knew someone took us home or something. (laughs) I just (laughs) remember you got there and you got back. Yeah, (laughs) somehow.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Somehow, some way. Yeah. So being five at the time, you really don't remember much because you were so young. Darren, I believe she was either eight or nine. And so like, there's a huge age gap in between being five and being eight years old and remembering those experiences and what happened. And even I was nine years old when we got the phone call say, saying that dad was hurt. And it seems it was such, it was a good time period, like length that everything happened in, but it feels like it, hap- it all happened in 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. Because there, I don't have much memories to fill that in. So it feels like it all happened so quick.
1: Yeah, it definitely feels like it's happening really quick. I feel like anytime you either get hurt or someone else is getting hurt, or something goes down, it feels like it happens really quickly, especially when you're young, because, you know, you don't have that time span in your mind.
0: So you
1: can't fill in all those blanks. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's a good point because like those traumatic experiences, those life-changing experiences, and even if it's just, you know, I've never broken my bone before, but if it's a broken bone, like those experiences go back, go by so quick because, you know, I mean, they're bad experiences and, you know, you're so young that you just don't remember what really happened in those time periods. Do you remember when you moved to DC? Do you remember your mom flying back and forth to see you guys and when you moved?
1: Yeah, I remember we stayed in Clarksville for a very long time, um, even after my dad got hurt because our grandma was over all the time and I was never opposed to it because I loved my grandma so much. And she always like took us to little restaurants if <laughs> we wanted to go. And I just remember, like, my mom would be back and forth, back and forth between, like, DC and Clarksville, and sometimes it just got really annoying because, you know, we wanted our mom just to be there, and it it did get, like, very annoying at, like, a short amount of time, Um, but it was, like, we just, I'm glad we didn't have to go back and forth because our child brains would be all over the place because we'd be probably annoying to our mom as well. (laughs) (laughs)
0: yes so uh we both have similar kind of situations of what happened after the fact of our dad's getting hurt so my mom we so my dad got hurt on November 20th my sister and I moved out more or less that night and we went and we stayed with some friends for a while and We hadn't seen my mom until November 24th, which happened to be Thanksgiving. So that was a Sunday we left. We didn't see her again till Thursday. And we went back to our house then to have Thanksgiving with them. And then we ended up kind of going back to our friend's house after Thanksgiving. And that was on a Thursday. And Sunday, my mom flew out to Texas. And she flew out and she went there and she lived in Texas with a dad in a hotel room for a month and she didn't come back to Ohio. So we didn't see, we hadn't seen dad for probably about four or five months at that time. And we hadn't seen mom for a full month at that time. We would FaceTime and everything because that's when like iPhones first started coming out yeah. and all that <laughs> But um, it's so weird that iPhones started coming out Mm -hmm. and I was, you know, (laughs) I was like 10 years old, but she, we FaceTimed and all of that, but we didn't really see her. Like you guys saw your mom almost every other week, every week. So do you think that seeing you would have rather saw your mom on the weekends like you did, or do you think you'd rather have an experience like I had where she just left and was with your dad.
1: Well, I think probably going back and forth would be a better option because then you get more time with her. You know, right? So, but yeah, but then also if she just did Facetime, she could spend more time with my dad helping him. It could go either way, but for like emotionally, sure, it would probably be better. um Just how she did it, which I mean, it's a brilliant plan for what she can do. So.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you know, we can both say this now looking back on it, like we wouldn't change a single thing of what our moms did, even though we, they were both like totally different of how they handled it and um how your mom came back and forth to see you guys and how my mom went just straight to Texas, and we didn't see her for a little while, so they were both completely different on the way that they were handled, but at the same point, looking back on it, you know, just like you said with your grandma, we were with people who were from the military, who have basically become, like, our family now. We call her our second mom, Yeah, and we did all those little fun things. We went to the mall. We'd go, like, to restaurants and she was still in the military herself. So she'd take us to the unit and we'd hang out around the the other military guys. So, yeah. So, you know, the just those experiences are now just incredible to have for sure. Do you, um, what were some of your favorite moments like with your mom during that time or with your sister or with your grandma during that time period of back and forth? What were some of the moments that you remember?
1: Um I just remember we, like, we still went to dance and we still enjoyed ourselves because, you know, didn't know really what was happening. And I think dance actually played in to a big part of our emotional state and all that because it's just like, we took our minds away from all that and it actually made it fun for us. Cause you know, it was dance <laughs> and we got our dance teacher. She constantly like babysat us all the time and we'd go to like little restaurants. She'll take us home and then like, we'll play Barbies and all that. It was just like a lot of free time on our hands <laughs> and it was pretty fun.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That sounds really fun. And having, you know, dance, it's like a stable place where you had always loved it, Mm -hmm. you know, even though you were five, but you had been dancing for quite a while then. So you had always loved it. So having that, it's like a stability factor to, for yeah, your emotional health. Like um, for me, it was school and I still love school to this day. My parents call me a nerd because anytime (laughs) I don't have school, it's like, I don't know what to do with myself. So for me that was school, but I think that is so important when you're going through a traumatic situation like this to have something stable for when you know it motivates you to actually do something with yourself. Definitely. Yeah. So moving forward in your story, do you remember when you moved to DC?
1: Um I actually don't remember that much about moving there. There was just, just this one thing that always stuck in my mind whenever we finally got there. <laughs> is that we constantly had goldfish. We always had goldfish. Oh, yeah. All the time. And it was either goldfish or cucumbers or strawberries for me. Those were like <laughs> my stable foods I always ate. And those are things that I just always remember is the food.
0: <laughs> yeah. Do you still eat those foods now like and bring back like a nostalgic time frame for yeah, you? I have
1: like a full box of goldfish, like the big ones in my room right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like for lunch every day. Awesome. So awesome. Literally every single day I have like a whole organized lunch thing. It's like peanut butter and jelly, strawberries and cucumbers. And then like maybe a couple extra <laughs> It's always the same. Oh my goodness.
0: Yeah, so that really, when you moved to D.C., then you had, like, your stability and food, (laughs) and then that's what you always had, Mm -hmm. instead of dance. Yeah. Do you remember the first time you saw your dad after he got hurt, like, meeting him again? Yes,
1: and I think the reason why I remember this one so well is because he had a plush in his hand, and, you know, kids, and they're, like, plushies. (laughs) Um, But he was just, we were going into the Fisher house and he was just laying on a bed and then he had these two crab plushies and he was just laying there. And we walked in and we saw him. I didn't even acknowledge the fact that it was my dad. Like I didn't even know who it was. (laughs) I just went and asked my mom if it was okay if I grabbed that plushie from him. <laughs> I really wanted it so bad because it was like, oh, it looks so soft. I really want it. And so I was like, can I go get it? And then she was like, do you know who that is? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and then she's like, it's too bad. I'm like, whoops, <laughs> didn't recognize you. <laughs> so I was like, kind of awkward whenever I ran and hugged him because I was like, you know, didn't really know who this was for a minute because they were like, go give him a hug. And I was like, okay. <laughs>
0: it's like this strange man like who is it like I didn't even did you recognize him
1: um so whenever I first walked in I was like what in the world and then I like slowly as I kept looking at him I kind of recognized some of his facial features more um and then like you know I was asking and I was like what is going on and then she was like that's dad and I'm like what And so, like, I finally like kind of recognized it, and I was like, "Okay, I got it now." It might take me a little bit because it looks really weird, (laughs) but I'll
0: get there. (laughs) Yeah. So, did you kind of know what injuries he had prior to meeting with him again, or did you kind of go in not knowing that much? Um,
1: I think definitely at one point, my mom told me about it, but like. I could not register it. So I still imagined him full body, had everything intact. And I think I just realized it more when I finally saw him, I guess. Um, So, yeah, I just kind of like I had to register, like I had to see it, you know.
0: Yeah. So we heard what Darren said, but just a refresher. What injuries did your dad sustain? Um.
1: Well, he has uh, no legs and it's above the knee and then he's missing like seven pieces of his elbow and then he had to get like um, two strips from his back to replace that part of the elbow. So he still has his arm, which is really good. So good thing it's not a yeah. triple.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes, for sure. So he, you know, definitely still experiences some I guess, trouble doing some activities and you, of course, you know, the physical therapy and the games and do you still have, you know, I guess some chores, extra chores of helping your dad throughout the day? Um, Yeah. So uh, I always have
1: to like, he has his one job that he does and it's um, just like clean the dishes and put them in the dishwasher. That's like his main job that he does. And then me and Darren will like switch out with um, putting away the dishes. And then I'm usually it's me and my mom who does like to be take care of our chickens and stuff. And then um, my dad, he likes doing a lot of projects and he's constantly a perfectionist with things. So like for having to fix a computer or like build something or anything that's slightly messed up, he will make me come outside and get all these tools and all that that he can't reach and like even yesterday he was making me grab like this pose and some other thing and I had no idea what they were for I was just like here you go have fun <laughs> 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 yeah
0: and since Darren has moved out to college and she's you know at college more than she is at home during the school year do you have more chores around the house because you're taking over some of hers Oh yeah
1: (laughs) like I definitely do um because I am now like responsible for all the dishes putting away and then um now I'm just I do most of the chickens like I do I do take care more more sometimes than my mom uh do the chickens and sometimes I'll switch out depends how she like her mood is (laughs) And and then, um, since Darren's gone, it's like I feel like my every single time my dad is doing some sort of project, he always calls for me. I don't know why. Um, it's probably because Darren doesn't like going outside as much. <laughs> but, that's probably why. But yeah, uh, I did take on some more stuff, including like cleaning the kitchen, and doing some other stuff in the living room. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, normal chores but yeah. you know you still yeah. you're helping your dad a lot more now because Darren's not around to do a little more than she had before do you remember being in DC and you know going to museums and oh, you know mm-hmm. just those kind of activities there
1: oh yeah we did museums and all kinds of activities all the time because we were homeschooled at the time and we had um like uh I don't know it's like a flat Stanley is what they're called and it was like you print out a little picture of this boy animated boy and it was like laminated and everything sometimes and there would be little places you would have to take him so like um, if we went to maybe out of state into a different state or to a museum, you take a picture with him. And so it represents it like represents that you've been to this place and you travel with this thing. And we did that a lot because, you know, we were homeschooled and it's like um, actually seeing things in person. So it does help learning stuff. And um, I, there's this one museum, which I just remember, like it's the back of my hand. And it was the spy museum. And it was so interesting. And then I remember at the end of the day, my sister was so excited because um, there was this lipstick and it was like, you took off the thing and it was like a pen. It was like kind of stupid, but it was like pretty obvious too. And it's just, we thought it was the coolest thing. And then there was um, this paper, but it was like sandpaper, but it was like actually rice. So that stuff was really good, (laughs) but. I just remember constantly wanting that after we had it because I thought it was the coolest thing. Uh, that was probably like my favorite museum to go to. And there's all those historical things. They're so cool. And they're so interesting.
0: Yeah, we've um, since we were in Texas, you know, we got to do different things, going to the Riverwalk, going to the Alamo, which is basically a museum in itself. Um, so we did like those kinds of things. We went to the art museum every once in a while and did, you know, the fun things down there, but we always said, um, if we were up in Walter Reed where you guys were, we would have been going to the museums all the time and you know, hanging out around the monuments in DC mm-hmm. because when we'd go to DC, that was my favorite thing to do was oh. go to the museum. Oh yeah,
1: because there's so many. And then whenever we did museums and stuff we would even go like multiple times even if we've seen everything in there we would go multiple times because we thought it was just the coolest thing and um one thing I remember from being like done with museums or after our little treat for going was like those yellow carts parked out (laughs) or like those little stands and stuff with the hot dogs and ice creams and I just remember that I loved the ice creams with the eyeballs, the gum eyeballs. (laughs) I love those things. And I still love them to this day. So like we travel. Yeah. I try and find those things because they're actually really hard to find now. (laughs) I think they're just so I know. (laughs) It's like there's this one gas station. Do you have a specific...
0: (laughs) Yeah. Do you have a specific character that you always picked? Um, It was usually
1: if they had like the uh, Pink Panther... Or the Spongebob one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> those things are really Those good. were the best. Yeah. I haven't had one of those in quite a while, actually. But they were the best things ever. <laughs> yeah. They're so good. <laughs> 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 yes. Um, do you remember being on base um, in Maryland? Do you remember living on post or being around the military installation.
1: Uh yeah. So uh the things I remember most is whenever we would go to like the office part of the area and um we would go to like the mall thing. I don't know what it's called, but it was like a little mall place for all military and stuff.
0: <laughs> and the PX.
1: Yes. The, the, yes. Area. <laughs> the thing was like really nice, surprisingly. And then um We used to always get, like, Panda Express there. I don't know why, but (laughs) that's, like, we always (laughs) got it there. And um, with the office area, there was, like, this one little play area. And it was, like, a bunch of toddlers and then me and Darren. And um, whenever we got really bored of just being there, we would go into my, like, um, my mom's friends, I guess, my dad's friends who worked there in the office. And they would have like little treasure chests with toys in them so we can pick some. And then um, there was this one guy, he handed us, because we were like, we were really thirsty. And he handed us one of those uh, like purple Propel drinks. And that's how I discovered them. And I still love them because I think they're really good. (laughs) So that's where that comes from, how I like those. (laughs) And I would randomly get it. Yeah. And every time I see it or drink it, it always reminds me of that one office that we were in with that whole case of those.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you've had a lot of, like, food and drink, <laughs> <Yeah>. like, staples <laughs> come out of yeah. this whole experience.
1: Yeah. They're, like, um, memories attached to, like, each food. <laughs> each <laughs> little thing you can consume. Everything.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes, for sure. But honestly, food is the best, so you can't go wrong with that. It really is. Yeah. Yes. So do you remember the days of being in the Fisher house?
1: Uh, yeah, I remember that quite well. And um, probably my best memory is they used to have like these little, quote unquote, party things going outside for like children And they would have like these snow cones and they were really good. And I was so excited to get one one day because like they barely came around. They finally showed up again. And then I was so excited and I went to get one and I came back inside running around because I was like all hyped up on sugar. And I still had like (laughs) almost the full cup of it. And I tripped over the stairs and I fell with it. And I was so upset because they already left. <laughs> I was like Aww. so upset over it. And um we made a we made like one friend there. Her name was Leah. And I just remember her bolting out of the of her room because I fell like right in front of her room. Um because I was like trying to go get her and trying to show her my like snow cone or something. And <laughs> she just heard me fall like hit the
0: ground she <laughs> ran out and she was like are you okay and i was like no it's gone <laughs> oh yes snow cones are honestly the best and one of we'd go to the px and we'd always come out and right by the doors there was a a little snow cone cart and we'd always get snow cones always get snow cones i don't know what it is but Snow cones, yeah, they're like you surprisingly go good because it's just like it's literally shaved
1: ice and syrup. <laughs> they're just
0: really yep, good. That's it's it. <laughs> just, I think it's because they're really simple, like super sugary. Yeah, I know, right? It's so simple, it's so good. Oh, so good. Yes. So, do you remember like doing any activities other than getting snow cones at the Fisher House um and meeting kids at the Fisher House? I
1: think one thing I remember um, is just we would be at the park a lot just because, like, you know, that's where all the fun was because there was, like, nothing else to do. (laughs) So we would just be outside a lot looking for deer because we used to feed deer apples because, like, in the city, they're, like, you know, really skinny. And they would actually come up to you because you can't hunt over there. So they were really skinny. We we always, like, tried to feed them apples, and they were so cute, and we really, we didn't do much at the Fisher House, um, except for go to, like, little events that were going on and be dragged everywhere it <laughs> would be, like, so boring or something. <laughs> um, yeah. But it was really, like, the park, oh, um, playing with, like, American Girl dolls, because we would be spoiled, because all those people were, like, you know, feeling sorry. And we'd get, like, Barbie dolls, American Girl dolls. We'd just play inside most of the day. Or we'd go outside and maybe, like, tumble a little bit because we used to do, like, acro. And then later on, after we moved into, like, an apartment, uh, we started doing gymnastics. And so, yeah.
0: Yeah. Did you find a struggle to meet friends in the Fisher House?
1: Um, yeah, probably because most of them were adults. And it was, I think it was mainly just Leah or if there were more kids, it would be like babies or toddlers. So, you know, we can't really play with them that that much because you would probably get annoyed with them because, you know, they're so much younger with you.
0: yeah. Yeah, that was the same way with us when we lived in the Fisher house. You either hung out with the adults or you hung out with the babies and the toddlers. You had no in between. There was no kids our age. And, you know, shockingly, our dads got injured like 10, 11 months apart. So if we would have ended up at the same place, not in Texas and Maryland, like we would have had, you know, friends our age, but we didn't. (laughs) And, you know, I mean, now we're friends and everything, but, you know, we would have had friends our age. but. There were no, you know, no kids our age at that time in the Fisher Houses. It was really hard to make friends. But did you find that because you were homeschooled, that was even more challenging? Because we went to school on base. So we actually went to a public school.
1: Um, it probably was a little bit more challenging to make friends because, you know, you're homeschooled. We only really had each other. and. um I feel like if we just, if we were more involved in like activities and stuff, we could probably be able to make a, a few friends here and there, but it could have been harder to make friends just because our surroundings and, you know, people are just interesting. <laughs> so depends who you yeah. can connect with.
0: Right. Do you find that Darren became like your best friend through the whole situation? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Are you guys still close today?
1: Um, Yeah. Despite her like, you know, bluntness and like just sibling <laughs> rude, you know,
0: um, we're, we're overall
1: like, especially this year, we've become a lot more closer than like when she was uh, in eighth grade or something. Because she just, I don't know, it was just, I think, I think it's just like whenever she, whenever we moved here and she finally went back into a public school. And it was her eighth grade year. She did have it harder because she only had one year until she was going into high school. And I had like three more years to prepare till I was going. And that's probably why she was ruder when she was a little bit younger um, because she had more pressure. But I, I still accept her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's the important part. You still accept her. Yeah. Uh, my sister was like, you know, even though we went to school and we did all these things, like she was still my best friend, though, because it's harder, you know, having a parent who's injured because I feel that I had to be like, "Oh, hi, you know, my name's Gracie. Like here's like a little about me, And then let me tell you about my dad. Like, let me just tell you about this now, just get it out out. Yes. out Over the way done with. (laughs) So we don't have to talk about it again. Uh, And I don't have to explain this here again. Did you feel that you have to do that too when you make new friends?
1: Yes. And whenever I first went back to public school, I was in fifth grade, which I see one of the worst years because I hated fifth and sixth (laughs) grade the most. I just hated them. And um, I never really, um, like I'm a very sociable person at that time. And I still am now. I was a lot more shy when I was younger. Um, but when I went into fifth grade, you know, I didn't really want to tell as many people because, you know, they're going to react many different ways or they're going to be like, oh, so you're spoiled now, huh? Or like you're a military right. brat or something. And so if I actually started talking to someone and I like their personality and stuff and you started becoming closer, I would probably tell them more about me because I literally um, ask some of my best friends if I can brag because I don't want to be over braggy and sound annoying. <laughs> so I sometimes ask for permission.
0: Did you find that it was such a hard transition going from homeschool to public school again? Did you find it weird and awkward trying to you know, get back into it
1: and used to it again? Um, definitely a weird tra- transition because you know you're just here in your house chilling doing your own work getting taught by your parents and then whenever you transfer you have a whole schedule of where you're supposed to be and you transfer to different classes and you're getting taught different ways from your what you're used to and you know there's multiple different teachers so it's very weird and it's also you have to learn how to um interact with kids your own age because I got to used to yes. interacting with like toddlers uh, you know <laughs> or like older kids <laughs> it's very yes. awkward whenever you have to interact with kids more of your same age that's probably why I have more friends that are younger than me
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're just so used yeah. to it that why not yeah. it's a lot easier <laughs> <laughs> yes for sure, um, so you mentioned military brat. <laughs> do you feel that it's more of like a stigmatism of, oh, you're a military brat, you are a brat. like do you feel that that plays a role into it? Um
1: yeah, I think what people think most of the time is if I'm like mentioning, oh yeah, my dad was in the military, da da da, I'm trying to brag that he's a hero or something. Or that we would get special treatment because he was in the military or something. So that I think is what a lot of people think. Um, If I if I say anything, I feel like if my dad was in the military or I was spoiled as a kid (laughs) because what happened. And I think they're just perspective. It's like you know they assume that you're going to be all bratty and and like um, brag about you know. Your, your dad's injuries because some people do that where it's like they'll brag about their injuries or sure. disabilities and I don't know why because it's nothing to brag about and yet it's nothing yeah to be like yeah I have this da da da, da. um because like we all have our own disabilities so sure. it's like just treat people equally
0: yeah I would agree with that and if you could say like anything to rebut that, what would you say? Uh what would what do you mean? But like people thinking that you know you're spoiled and uh you get special treatment or you deserve special treatment. What would you say to that?
1: Oh uh, I would just say that everyone is equal and we all have our own disabilities that we need to face. And We just need to treat each other of how we want to be treated because that's where you'll get in life. And if you're just rude constantly, you're going to either dig yourself in a deeper hole or you're going to get nowhere with it.
0: Yeah, I think that's really important and it's a really good, uh, I guess, piece of advice. Because, you know, everyone faces their own sort of struggle, whether it's a physical, you know, disability or a mental disability like we all face something and for me that's anxiety and you know it's kind of it was hard to kind of start talking about it because and it's still hard to talk about it but you know it's just weird to say to ad- like admit to something oh, yeah. that you have and you're struggling with and you know I still don't talk about it much today because I'm like I don't want to put that pressure on anybody else. To be like, oh, what do you need? Like, what can I do to yeah. help you? Like, I don't want yeah. that, and I want to be like, you know, treated you like everyone else. Independent, but,
1: as I would say. Yes. Because yeah. yes,
0: I'm a very independent
1: person. <laughs> like I, I also have uh, anxiety, and sometimes I would die, like. Uh, one time at school I made my anxiety so bad that I got myself sick because of, of over a little Aww. test <laughs> and, and then yeah. I was like so stressed out because I was like I didn't study <laughs> and then like <laughs> you know um so whenever I transfer schools I don't mention like my medical stuff that much until something happens really <laughs> because like um yeah when I moved to a private school um, my literally in three weeks into the first year of me being there in that school, um, I had like a seizure and, um, no one knew really what was going on because I've only told a certain amount of people. So they would be aware of what could happen if I had it. And so no one really was sure what happened. Cause I kind of just fell over like a log <laughs> and, so I only t- I told like a certain amount of people where they would understand what's going on. Um, but that at that point, my seizures have changed. So I used to have, Oh, well, I still do, but it's like my eyes will flutter, which is absent seizures. And then now I have some where it's, I just fall over like a stiff board, but it's nothing too, too serious, but you know, it's still serious. It's like not a grand mall. Yeah. Some people that's like really bad. Cause you can hit a lot of stuff around you. Or um sure. But with me, it's just I am lucky enough where I know where I'm about to have one before because the way I feel.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, even with going back to being treated equally, I think that's really important because, you know, it's hard to to say things like that, especially when you're in a new situation and be like, hey, you know, I go through mm-hmm. this, like this is what I have to, to deal with. And you have to decide who you yeah, trust, and, um, because people can easily find a way to make fun of you and bully you for those things. And you know, you don't want to. You want to take every precaution okay. you can to avoid definitely
1: that. Definitely, I feel like you gain more trust issues when you are part of the military somehow, some way. Or if someone's ever betrayed you, you definitely gain a lot more trust issues. And um, that's probably the main thing with me and my sister, where we just, um, we're more cautious about people that we surround ourselves with so they don't betray us.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's because you have this military community and you know, I guess you have higher standards for friendships. And, you know, even being homeschooled on the military base, you still had your parents and you could see the friendships that they were making and, you know, all of that sort of things. And you were, I mean, you kind of learned through that and how to make friends, how to be friends with people. And then you have to go out and make your own friends. And you're like, okay, well, I got to like trust you first, got to feel you out and then go from there. And I think that's one thing with the military that a lot of people don't realize is that we actually, we have to pick and choose our friends more or less because of how we were raised. Yeah. So one last question for you. What advice would you give to a military child?
1: Um, I would say get a hobby or something to focus on to achieve um, so that it can distract you from uh, so many bad things happening around you. Not necessarily ignoring it, but to distract you from the fact um, that all things bad is happening and get you somewhere in a good mental state where it can like, focus on something that can give you fun or make you happy instead of focusing all on the bad things that is happening.
0: I think that's really important. And even going back to your story and dance, that was like your, that was your distraction. And like, for me, you know, I always had sports. Uh, I did cheerleading, I did dance, I did gymnastics. So like, I had that as mine. And crafting, I did tons of crafts so like those were my distractions and you know even school so having those distractions even in the normal day-to-day life when dad was home with us before he deployed you know you'd still need those distractions because you're like counting down Mm -hmm, the days until he's gonna leave again and um even when he deployed if he came back you know, not injured, like you would still have those, those challenges of PTSD that you'd have to, you know, work through and you'd still need your distractions yourself and you never know what's going to happen in the future. So I think distractions are always important to have for yourself as well. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I loved hearing your stories and how they compared to your sisters and all of that. Do you have any last minute thoughts you'd like to add? Um,
1: not that I can think of at the moment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, if you have any, then we can have you back on another episode and you can share more, more stories and thoughts that you have. So thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. We will talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into the Grace of a Military Child podcast. For more inspiring stories like these, be sure to review, like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. You can also find us on at grace of a military child podcast on Instagram and be sure to check out our YouTube page. If you are or know of a military child who would like to be featured on an episode of this podcast, DM us on Instagram. Be sure to tune in next week when we hear another inspiring story. Until then.